we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about how we're coming before we get lost. Welcome back to Tuesday Crew. Top of the hour, 7 o'clock here. Can We Just Talk is up next. We talked about Suns-Bucks, the NBA Finals game for tomorrow night. We talked about the All-Star game, 7.30 tonight, starting about 30 minutes, the home run derby. We talked about the Team USA basketball and their exhibition losses uh, early on. Let's talk about some some uh, movies and TV shows, because I know, Doug, at least for both of us, Sean, you're, you're on the show tonight, but usually for us, me, Doug, and uh, Christian, who couldn't make it tonight, but... For the Can We Just Talk uh, segments, we always like to talk about movies, TV shows, any kind of entertainment that we're watching. Um, because I find it interesting to, to learn what people have and haven't seen and what they're missing out on. Um, I know, Doug, you hadn't seen any of the Marvel movies or Star Wars movies, and you watched A New Hope, I think, probably like at least two, three weeks ago. And you said you it was pretty good. It was like kind of slow, which I get, and I agree with you in a sense. Uh, have you have you watched any of the other ones yet or not yet? No, nah, Dylan, I've been quite bad with this. Also, I just have gotten the hiccup in the last few seconds, so I apologize <laughs> if I hiccup. But um, so I have been bad with Star Wars. I watched A New Hope, which we brought up, and then I have not gotten to the next one. I I've gotten distracted with like other shows, and um, I watched. Let's see. I haven't watched anything else on Disney Plus. Is where I watch A New Hope because all the Star Wars movies, of course, are on there. Right. I started watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on Hulu, which is a very good show. Very good. I'm What's on that about? Two now. It's about because I I don't know what that show is, so maybe I'll watch it. It's it's like a sitcom or kind of yeah, it's like a sitcom. Basically, it's five friends or four friends and then one of their dad living in Philadelphia. It, it's very, it's very offensive. It's very like non PC humor. A lot uh, of like, okay. They do a lot of bad stuff. It's it's, but I find it very funny though. Anything with you, Sean, any, anything you've been watching recently or any movies you, you really like or haven't uh, seen? Oh, well, I'm looking forward to watching the new black widow movie. Um, Heard oh, mi- that came out last weekend, right? Correct, yeah. I heard mixed reviews about it. Um, a lot of people were telling me it wasn't so great. But uh, it's been a while since a Marvel movie came out. Um, Very true. Uh, I believe the last one was the the last Spider-Man movie. Yeah, like 2019, I yeah, think. Yeah, yep. and obviously Black Widow was supposed to come out last year. But, but, you know, with the pandemic, this is the first new Marvel movie the between the two shows that two or three shows that came out on Disney plus. So this is the second movie of, I believe phase five, um, phase four, Four, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Phase four. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, whether it's good or bad, I'm looking forward to watching it. Well, let me ask you this. I've seen the movie. The people that told you that it was, that you got mixed reviews about the people that told you that are they avid comic book readers? Are they, are they just like a casual, like movie watcher? I believe that they're casual, casual. Okay. Mo- well, yeah. well, cause so am I. And the reason why I ask that is, um, the main, the main villain, the name is taskmaster. Um, apparently I've seen videos online. Apparently the identity of the taskmaster is, um, they, ch- I'm not going to spoil it or for anything, but they changed it from what it is in the comic book. 
I guess, to make the story more interesting in a sense. So I guess if the people that told you that the movie was kind of blah or like eh, if they were comic book, uh, avid comic book readers, I probably would have said that's probably why they didn't like it because it didn't follow the comic books kind of like, you know, what they've been reading. But for me, honestly, I thought I found it very entertaining. And it's true. I looked forward to the movie because it was the first Marvel movie since 2019. Um and it was her first movie about her own backstory, in a sense. And I know, Doug, you haven't seen any of these movies, but right. this character, to put it in perspective, she's been in Marvel movies ever since, like, 2012. Okay. And she just got her first movie now, like her own wow. standalone movie with her own background story and everything. So it's kind of been, like, long-awaited and, like, overdue, in a sense. So um, I, 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 I pleasantly enjoyed it. It was a good two hours movie i i i don't know i i can't really see why people didn't like it um i am not a comic book reader whatsoever um but i i did enjoy the story i enjoyed learning about her backstory the family and all that stuff and uh the credit scene's pretty good too so you stick around stick around for that i definitely suggest you see it because if i'm being honest marvel movies aren't aren't bad like there's only a select few that are unwatchable at this point and most of them are pretty good which Um, ones would you say are unwatchable it's it's not that they're unwatchable. It's just that on Disney Plus they give you let's say twenty options of Marvel movies, right? There right. are maybe three that I just will never play, just okay. because they're just not good. Which, which three? Which three? I would say the first two Thor's. I would probably okay. never rewatch. Um, and maybe like Ant Man two, like the second Ant Man. I don't. It's not that it was bad. It's just I don't. If I'm going to sit yeah. down and watch a Marvel movie, I'm not going to watch Ant-Man 2, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch Iron Man, which is a great movie. I'll watch any of those. I'll watch Avengers. It doesn't matter. I'll just, I'm not going to sit down and watch those. So they're kind of the weaker weaker ones of the um, the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Got it. But what are some of your personal favorites, Sean? Out of Marvel or in general? Marvel, and then you can tell yeah, us some movies yeah, outside yeah, of Marvel. Yeah. So I I feel like I'm being a little stale or generic here, but Endgame has to be number one for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the the climax of what was it, thir- 11 years um, between the first Iron Man to um, to Endgame. Right. Uh, it just uh, bringing every single character together um, in that span. Um, and especially that last scene, um, it, it was awesome. Um, I, I do think there were flaws as, as there are with any movie, but, um, for what it's worth, um, if you, if you sit down again and watch all 20 some movies, you will, you will feel, uh, very emotional. Um, going into that movie, I, I hadn't seen... I hadn't seen them all in a row. So when I first saw it, you know, it, it was definitely bone chilling, but not as much as when I saw it the second time around, at which point I saw all 21 within the span of two weeks. And then I saw um, Endgame. And it, when, I, when I watched it that time, it was a lot more, it was a lot more bone chilling because of, you know, what I had watched in the past two weeks. Um, 
Now, wait, let me ask you a question. When you watch the movies, like when you watch them all in a row, do you watch them in the order they came out or do you watch them in the order they take place in the universe? I watched them in the order they came out. But the I will say, though, the one movie I skipped was The Incredible Hulk. Um, just, Me too. Yeah, just because I feel like no one talks about watching that movie. Like, I, I have conversations about, you know, Iron Man, Captain America movies. Never have I heard, had a conversation about The Incredible Hulk movie. And the actor that played Hulk, Edward Norton, didn't even play him the rest of the series. It was right. Mark Ruffalo. right. So there's no point in like watching that because sure it gives you a little backstory, but one it's not even the same the same actor, and two I've also heard that it's pretty bad too. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna waste two hours of my time to watch a pretty bad movie, um, and it's per- it's not important either. It's not like mm-hmm. people say you have to go watch it for it to make sense. It, it it's not a must watch movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, for me though, Sean, I have to go with Infinity War one, and for the simple fact that. They gave Thanos his own spotlight in a sense. The whole movie was around his world, was his point of view. Um, it was like the good guys, in a sense, didn't win, like as they always normally do. It was kind of like they, when the movie ended and everyone just went poof, and you're just sitting there going, and as the credits are rolling, you're just mm-hmm. like, what the heck just happened? And you're just, you're like, in your head, you're trying to process everything that just happened. You're thinking, like, well, how are they going to come back and win? You know, these six these six people are gone, right? And it's like, they couldn't beat them with all of them. They're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then you realize, I have to wait a whole other year to see what happens. So then it's like the whole anticipation, the whole cliffhanger. I think that that was the number one movie for me. As good as Endgame's conclusion was to the whole thing, the whole phase one, two, three, I think that just the the way that Infinity War left me, a Marvel fan, for a whole year, just constantly, like, almost on the edge of my seat waiting for Endgame to be released. Uh, for that simple fact, it has to be my favorite one. Um, and then I probably have Endgame at, like, two or three. I, I don't have a whole list because there's, like, 24 movies. I just But I just know that Infinity War, if I were to sit down and watch a Marvel movie, that is probably the one I would go to that one or maybe like Iron Man or something like that. It's just, those are like top of the list for me. Um, but, Doug, you really have to start watching Star Wars. And you too, Sean. Uh, Doug, we were off air. Sean hasn't seen any of the Star Wars movies either. So, you, t- you two were in the same boat, in All a right. sense. I got I got one down. I gotta get... Yeah. I'll get, I'll get to it. I, I'm excited for... I'm excited for the new Space Jam coming out this weekend. I... I watched the first Space Jam, not when I was little, but like I watched it like a year ago, and I thought it was quite—I don't know—I know it's like iconic within the basketball community, but I thought it was quite bad, to be honest. Like plot-wise, yeah, it's corny. It's it's pretty. It was pretty crap, but like, I, I get that it's iconic though. So I, I'm like excited. I'm pretty excited for the new one to come out. I I want to see it this weekend. I I mean, if I don't see it this weekend, I want to see it soon. I'm just like I'm kind of hyped. I know. I don't know how good an actor LeBron James is going to be, but we'll see. I'm just I'm just excited for that. I mean, let's be honest. It's a huge money grab at this point. I mean, yeah, they're not hiring Bro. Steven Spielberg. They're not hiring Christopher yeah. Nolan to direct these movies. They're hiring, you know, some Joe Schmo that Disney wants, whatever, who cares. And it's just to get LeBron in a movie on the big screen because they know kids, yeah. little kids are going to go watch LeBron, you know, 
their version of yeah. Space Jam. Even, even adults are going to go watch LeBron. Yeah, go adults are going to go see it because they're like, oh, well, I watched the one with MJ. I liked it. It's pretty iconic from my childhood or whatever. Let's go watch this one now. But it's all the same crap. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's animated uh, it, animated characters playing basketball with it with an NBA superstar for yeah. whatever reason. I mean, it's just it's a basic plot plot line, and it's just there because LeBron James is in the movie and Michael Jordan's right. in the movie. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, it's getting hyped so much. I was at like Target, I saw like what like Space Jam cereal and like like Pop Tarts and stuff with LeBron's face really? all over it. Yeah, like actually, there was like a straight up. It wasn't even like you know like a box of Cheerios with like LeBron's face. It was like Space Jam cereal, like it was like some new cereal. It looked kind of gross. It was like berry something. I I did not buy it, but yeah, it's just getting hype a lot. And then that was just at like Target. Like I was at like Wawa maybe like a month ago, and I saw Space Jam with LeBron's face on like different candy. Like it's getting like a lot of hype. It's obviously I mean if you've been watching. You know, different sports on TV. You've seen the the commercials and the trailers up on YouTube. I think it's got like thirty million views or something. Like, the, the, there's a lot of a lot of build up towards this, and and like we said, the plot's probably going to be met. But it's definitely, I mean, I looked at the list. There's going to be a lot of different NBA players. I believe Michael Jordan is making a cameo. I think I read that. And there's going to be NBA players. There's going to be WNBA players. So it, it, it's something to look forward to. I, and and the cast is pretty like. Somewhat a list as well. Like I know, like Zendaya is like voicing one of the anime yeah. characters. So they like, have, yeah, there's in- interesting stuff going on. They have a, uh, a, a WNBA player in there too. I think it's what's her name, Diana Taurasi. I think yeah. that's who she's also a character in this in the movie as well. Um, but yeah, they definitely have some some notable people. But let's not forget the original Space Jam movie had like the whole dream team in the movie. No, uh, it. So it was weird. It wasn't the dream team, but it was like a bunch of big name players. So obviously Michael Jordan, and then there was Muggsy Bogues, there was Sean Bradley, there was Charles Barkley, and I believe Patrick Ewing. And then they they were the players that had their powers like sucked away. And then Larry Bird was also in there. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, yeah. Muggsy Bogues, Sean Bradley. So yeah, pretty and, much what you said. Larry Johnson, Larry Bird. Oh, word, word. I forgot about Larry Johnson. Yeah, and then like Bill Murray actually comes in at the obviously he's not an NBA player obviously, but he comes in at the and I think he plays himself. I don't think he was even like playing a character, if I remember right. He plays a guy named Bill. Uh, so Oh, okay. But pretty much himself. But yeah, yeah, where and yeah, I don't even like rem- the plot doesn't even stick out in my head that much. I just remember the powers getting sucked away and Michael Jordan's gotta save him and he's got the whole Mike Secret stuff thing that's like a meme now, I think. And yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for this new one though. I'm pretty excited. This is I actually haven't been to a theater since like pre-pandemic. The last time I went to a theater to see a movie was like Toy Story Four in like 2019. Hey, listen, that's a good movie. But I I too yeah. hadn't been to the movies in a while either. I think Black Widow was one of the um most recent times it was the most recent one i went but i think i seen maybe one more movie in the theater before that and i forget which one right. it was so um, yeah all these new movies that are coming out are also available like on a streaming service right like i think the marvel movies like black widow was that on disney plus too or, or are they doing like theater only so sean if you want you can answer that if you want but i if i'm not mistaken it did come out on disney plus no yeah they, so you yeah. need to buy like an access code or something like to like yeah 
I think on HBO Max, like when the movies are like theater and HBO Max, isn't it just as long as you have HBO Max, you're good? But if, with the yeah. movies that are like theater, Disney Plus, like Disney Plus, if you want to watch it within like the first like month or two or whatever it is, don't they charge you like a certain amount of money? I think. Yeah, I, I saw that the day that it came out because I had tickets to go to the theater and I saw on my phone, like, you know, it said Black Widow out on Disney Plus. I was like, oh, why right. did I buy tickets then? I could just watch it on here. Well, lo and behold, yeah. I go on there. So, first of all, you need to be an active member. So, you need to pay a monthly, you know, you, right. you need to pay the monthly, monthly fee. fee or whatever, right? And then, plus, you need to buy the Premier Access, which is $30. Ooh. So, so yeah. you're essentially spending thirty bucks to watch the movie, and then you're, you, you, but you have to still be spending yeah, x yeah. amount of dollars monthly to go see it, as opposed to going yeah. to the theater, spending twelve bucks a ticket, and going to see that. Yeah. Assuming if you if you already have a Disney Plus subscription, you got to get like hella people in your house. Like maybe if you get like ten yeah. or so people in your house, then the thirty bucks is worth it. But if you're only watching it by yourself or like two people, then it's not worth it. You got to make it so that you're paying. Like less per person than a movie ticket for it to work out. See, and the thing is too, the reason yeah. why HBO Max, Doug, doesn't do yeah. that, and Disney right. Plus does, is because Disney owns Marvel. They can do that. HBO right. doesn't own, uh, let's say, Wonder Woman or you know other movies that come out on that on that service. They don't own them, so they can't sell you a premier access for thirty dollars and then take that money. Because they don't Got own it. the rights to the film. Disney Plus owns the rights to the film. Um, Got it. So yeah, I, what, ultimately, what ultimately I'm seeing from this is they're going to do this for every single movie that's going to come out, first of all. Like that Spider-Man movie, Sean, that's coming out later this year, that's going to have the same thing, the same premiere access. They're going to charge you 30 bucks. And apparently I saw an article online, opening weekend, Black Widow made $80 million Ooh. in the U.S., and they All made right. an, and they made another seventy eight million international. Nice. So they made about like one hundred and fifty something million dollars in a weekend, and then they also made they also had um, they also had two million Disney Plus users buy the Premier Access for thirty dollars. So that's wow. another that's another sixty million dollars just off their own streaming service, which they don't have to split with theater companies or anything like that. All sixty million dollars of that goes straight to their pocket. There's no, there's no, you know, deals where they have to give thirty percent of the sales to the movie theaters. It, it literally goes all to them. And so I think what they're going to end up doing is they're going to have all their movies released on there for Premier Access. And eventually, if they get enough people buying these Premier Accesses and not actually going into the theater, they're going to run movie theaters out of business. And they're just going to show them on Disney Plus strictly because they'll have enough people who will buy it and it'll force people to buy a subscription and then buy the Premier Access and they'll make a boatload of money that way and not have to, you know, give 20% split to the to the movie theater companies that they show their movies at. So I think that's what their plan is ultimately, to make as much, most, as much money as they can. Definitely, always the goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. some notable people in the Space Jam 2 movie... Obviously, LeBron James, Michael B. Jordan, Kyrie Irving, Zendaya, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Don Cheadle, um, Diana Taurasi, Steve Harvey's in it. Chris Davis, the baseball player, remember him from the A's? He's in it. Wait, so I actually I didn't know Michael B. Jordan was in it. Is he a voice acting role, or is he going to be like acting? Like, where are we going to see his face? Uh, it doesn't have him listed. As a character, uh, so I assume he's playing himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Because I'm looking, because I'm looking. Anthony Davis, they have him listed as the brow. Damian Lillard, they don't have him listed as anything, and neither do they have Clay Thompson. Is this on like IMDb or like Wikipedia or wait, what are you looking at? I looked up Space Space Jam Two cast, and it came. Oh, up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just like on the little like Google result thing. Yeah. Word, word, word. Okay. So they show who, and they have Steve Harvey playing himself as well. Um, there's some other people in here too. I think. I don't know. Have you guys have you guys seen uh what's it? Um Happy Gilmore, right? Have you seen that movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know Shooter McGavin, right? That actor, mm-hmm. he's also in this movie mm-hmm. too. I, I don't know what role he plays, but he's also in it, so but just there's a lot okay. of people in this one too. That is cool. Yeah, so Wikipedia has it. I I'm gonna hope I'm gonna assume Wikipedia is right, it could be wrong, but it has it broken down by live action cast and voice voice cast. So Michael B. Jordan, yes, let's say as an actor. Then the voice cast has Zendaya and uh, a bunch of other people. Clay, uh, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard are all on the voice cast. I mean, I would think maybe we see them, but I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm excited, though. I am going to see it. I'm going to see it in in theaters. I know it's going to be on... I mean, I don't have HBO Max, so, but I, I was just thinking about this. Like, What are the benefits of seeing a movie like in theater versus watching it like at home? And, you know... You know, the conclusion I came to, and maybe you guys have separate uh, perspectives on this, but, you know, in a movie theater, so the, I, I would say the positives are, you know, if you got a big screen, like a really big screen, which is nice, a nice, you know, sound system, so it's real loud, you know, you might have those cushioned seats, you know, if, depending on the theater, you can recline. So those are all, I would say, the advantages of a movie theater. Then the disadvantages of a movie theater are you can't pause. So, like, if you're at home, you can pause the movie. In the movie, you got to go to the bathroom. Then you, you're going to miss part of it. So you can't pause. You might have someone talking around you. There might be, like, a crying baby. Maybe someone stands up in front of you to go in the bathroom. So you got a lot of outside, you know, factors like that. So I think those are the downsides to watching in the theater. Then I think when you look to at home, I think the advantages are basically what the opposite of what I just listed. You can pause, you know, to go to the bathroom. You can, you know... I guess that's, I mean, you're just at your house. You're like, you don't have to leave your house. You can watch different friends. Yeah. And, you know, the, and the disadvantages are, you know, you're watching on the small screen and stuff like that. I mean, I, I guess if you guys, is there anything else, anything obvious I miss? I, I think you hit the main points. It's just, I think what, why people are going back to the theaters is because of COVID. People not being able to go there for a whole year, pretty much. It it just brings back like those memories where you go to the theater and you're like, I have to get back. I want to go, you know, eat some popcorn, watch a movie, and sit in those big seats that recline. Like that whole experience. I feel like if it wasn't for COVID, uh, if COVID had never happened, I feel like we would see more and more people just go to HBO Max instead. Um, right. But and people the, miss it. Yeah. You're but, right. But also at the same time, the way I think about it is. The reason why HBO Max and uh, maybe not Disney Plus, but the reason why HBO Max had these movies released on their site was because there were some theaters in some states that were open and some in other states that were remained closed. So instead of just releasing the movie to, let's say, 50% of the movie theaters in the country, they said, hey, let's release it on a streaming service where everyone is at home. They don't have to leave their house. They don't have to go to the movie theater that's closed in their town. They can just sit down and watch it with their family, and they can access it if they have HBO. Right? 
I think right. that was also another reason why they did it, and not even because of the money, just because of the access to these movies. You couldn't really get them. I mean, I'll speak from personal from a personal standpoint. Like, I love staying home, and it's a few bucks saved too. Um, sitting back, not having to pay movie theater prices for snacks and popcorn, but I feel like going to the theater is an environment that you can't beat at home. Um, just Very from, true. Yeah, just start to finish. Um, you know, we walk in, the smell of popcorn. Uh, uh, going into the theater. And, and, and I, the example that I want to use here is if you went into opening night of Endgame and the atmosphere that was there um, in, 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 in the theater that you were in, I feel like that's a that's an environment that you can't beat. Um, so for movies like that and premieres like that, I, I think that you know going to the movie theater, going going to the movie theater is just so much superior than staying at home. But yeah, I mean for movies like, and I'll just throw that out like like Fast and Furious Nine. Like who, if you're going to the theater to watch that uh, over staying home, then I feel that you're wasting your money. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I did go to the theater to see that, and it wasn't... And listen, I, I don't disagree with you. I probably should have just watched it. But that, I don't even think it was on HBO Max or any of those sites, so the only way I could see it was there, or I could wait a month and look it up online. But mm. um, the thing with that, though, is I had I had watched all the movies with my friends, and so we were it was kind of like highly anticipated in our group, and we were just kind of like we wanted to... We were itching to go see it. Um I enjoyed it. It wasn't that bad. But if I'm being honest, a uh, movie theater experience for any movie that's good is it's a, it's a fun time. I mean, you spend what like I spent like 13 bucks on a ticket maybe. I had some popcorn. So, you know, instead of, you know, possibly going out to dinner with your friends or whatever, you know, you're going to see a movie. You spend 20 bucks there, you spend 20 bucks going out to dinner. You know, it's the same difference to me. So, I I find that experience kind of like irreplaceable in a sense cuz you're right, Sean. That experience in the theater when I saw Endgame, or not even Endgame, Infinity War, I, I like I I ran you guys through my emotions. I was just sitting there like confused. I was like, "What's gonna happen next?" You, everyone's just sitting in there with their jaws dropped and their mind just moving around at a million miles an hour, trying to think of what just ha- trying to process what just happened. If I did that at home, I'd say. I would be like, wow, you know, that's a, that's a good ending, and I'd just be like, all right, what's what what's 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 on next? Put the Yankee game on, right? At a movie theater, you're everything outside of that theater is like behind you. It's in the rearview mirror. Everything in front of you is that like is in the moment. So it's as soon as it happens, you're not thinking of the Yankee game. You're not thinking of, you know, that the NBA final game, whatever. You're just thinking of what you just watched, trying to process everything. And so I think the movie theaters are an unbeatable experience, but I do sadly think that with all these streaming services like Disney Plus starting to move their movies there for a premiere access and people just saying, yeah, why would I leave my house when I can just watch it right now at this moment in time, just do it now, instead of driving to the theater, buying, you know, $12, $13 tickets each, buying popcorn for like eight bucks. So I think over time we're going to start to see movie theaters kind of slow down in terms of, you know, like their business and stuff like that. Um, but we're going to head to yeah. another break. Oh, Doug, did you want to get something in real quick? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, like, especially once, as, like, TVs at home get better, and as you get, like, a really nice, maybe, like, an 80-inch TV screen, flat screen, and you have, like, a nice, you know, surround sound speaker system with it, 
obviously it's not the equivalent of a movie screen, but like you're getting closer to that. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, it's very true, and it's very true. It's like a projector at the movie theater, so it's not as good. But I do like the big screens at the theater sometimes, and like the like thirty speakers they have in there. It's just it's a loud environment. I enjoy it. the corner of my eye I saw a pretty little thing approaching me she said i never seen a man who looks so all alone could you use welcome back to the tuesday crew hour two rejoin a little bit past hour two but nonetheless hour two rejoin we talked about buck sons in the first hour we talked about the all-star game in the first hour we talked a little bit about baseball we just got done talking about marvel movies and star Wars movies and all different entertainment that we're watching and movie theaters and stuff like that for can we just talk so now it'll be the last 30 minutes of the show as we'll take it here from to eight until eight o'clock let's talk about the nfc east and i know the nfl is kind of at a point where it's the dead part of the season training camp hasn't started yet the draft is already over we're kind of at the point where it's we're just waiting for training camp to start. We want to see the new players and all that stuff. We've had the uh, the like the, the rookie camps and stuff like that, but other than that, there really hasn't been too much action going on. Um, but it's been brought to my attention, and by the shirt he's wearing, Sean is an Eagles fan, uh, and I have yet to have an Eagle fan on the airwaves with me before. Every time I've done this show, it's been with Doug, who's a Giants fan, Christian's a Packers fan. You know, I've done shows with uh, our sports director, Chris Sakonis. He's a Jets fan. Uh, our GM, Jake Schmid, he's a Giants fan. So not too many Eagles fans um, in our department. Sean, you will be definitely one of them. Tough year last year for your Eagles. I mean, you did win a Super Bowl back in 20, what was it, 17? But a rough year last year. The whole debate with Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, like who's going to be the guy? No one really knew. And now we got our answer. Carson Wentz was shipped off to Indianapolis, which I think you guys won that trade, by the way, because I think he'll play, um, what is it, the 75% of snaps that he needs to play to get the uh, to, to, to switch that second-round pick to a first-round pick for you guys. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a good job on Howie Roseman's part. But other than that, trading up to get Devontae Smith was also a good move because the Giants were going to— my Giants were going to get him, uh, and Roseman kind of saw that and was like, okay, we got to make our move now. Give me some of your thoughts, Sean, going into this year. Give me, you know, not a record prediction because it is early to do that, but give me kind of like their their ceiling, like the most wins that you see them winning, and like if they're like down in the dumps, the lowest they can go because they have Jalen Hurts still there and they have a couple uh, veteran guys coming back on the defensive side and they have Devontae Smith. So just give me a run through on your thoughts for the uh, 2021 season. I'm honestly really excited. Um, and it's strange because based on last season and how much has changed between last season and this season uh, between personnel and and the coaching staff, it's hard to be excited about a team uh, such as that. However, this is a team that I believe is going to play with uh, house money the expectations around the league and in the media have been uh, relatively low. And so I think they're just going to use that to their advantage and say, hey, you know what? No one believes in us, but we believe in ourselves, and we're just going to go out there and prove everyone wrong. 
So when you're playing with the bar already set low, you have a higher chance of succeeding, and that's just the nature of the law. Um, I love I love what we've done with the offense. It's a young, explosive offense. Uh, there were there were already pieces to begin with, with you know between Dallas Goddard and uh, Miles Sanders. Um, Jalen Hurts was drafted last year, but now you add Devontae Smith. This is a receiver that the Eagles haven't had since. Prime Deshaun Jackson back in 2013, and then you know I don't like those days. Yeah. Um, bottom line is we haven't had a receiver like this in years, and now you pair him with a young arm like Jalen Hurts, who I believe will prove a lot of people wrong. Um, I don't get the hate towards him, but nevertheless, he's going to be great. I, um, I'd be shocked otherwise. Um, this is, yeah, it's going to be his coming out party this year. Well, the hate, the hate is coming from people, Eagles fans, not saying you, Sean, but Eagles fans, they're very, um, enthusiastic about their team, very passionate. They want their team to be successful. So they tend to overrate some players at times, right? I mean, let's be honest, every team does, but you know, last year, what they won five games? Was it five and 11? It was four, five, four, eleven, and one. Four, eleven, we, we and one. Tied with the lowly Bengals. Yeah, I, I, that's right. They tied with the Bengals. So they won. They had four wins last year, and that was with Carson Wentz starting most of the games. Um, they did add Devontae Smith, but the division, ex- except for the the Cowboys, the Giants in Washington, they have very good secondaries, very good defenses. I think, personally. Those four games that the Eagles play Washington and the Giants, whether they win or lose, it doesn't matter. I just think Devontae Smith will be kind of, I know he's a great player, but I think that his rookie year, he's going to struggle in division games against those defenses. And I think that because of that, and you know, Jalen Hurts only having 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, and four interceptions last year, not having that much <coughs> playing time in a sense, I feel like you're going to see maybe the first couple of weeks sort of what we saw last year towards the end of the year where the team might lose a couple games to start the year off. They might win a couple there. Like I think that I think they can beat the Jets. I think they should beat the Jets. The Jets are not a good team. Uh I know they have their new quarterback Zach, Zach Wilson there, but and they and they did bolster up that offensive line a little bit, but they still they still don't have that X factor for me yet. Unless Zach Wilson proves me wrong, I can't say that a rookie's going to beat Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts has some experience, right? And I think Nick Sirianni, I don't know what to think of him. He's an interesting coach because he had some success in Indianapolis. Everyone likes to clown him for the rock, paper, scissors, shoot thing, myself included. Um, It's going to be an interesting year. I think it's going to be a lot of what we saw with Joe Judge with the Giants. A lot of question marks. The only major difference being at least Sirianni has play-calling experience. he He was an offensive coordinator. Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator. Uh, for the Patriots. So that's a big difference. But I think going into this year, it's going to be a lot of the same kind of thoughts towards Sirianni as we saw with Joe Judge. A lot of question marks. Can he head coach? You know, can he develop Jalen Hurts into the quarterback that we saw at Oklahoma into like a really good passing quarterback and not the guy at Alabama that really had to rely on running a lot? Um, It's going to be an interesting year. But I think that – I think their ceiling is probably – in a 17-game season, I think their ceiling is seven or, seven or eight wins, and their lowest is probably like three or four. 
So they're going to finish within that range, in my opinion. I'd say probably around six, but I'm not sure because I, I can't tell by the schedule. It's too far out. I, that's just my opinion, and I don't know what Doug thinks about the Eagles, but I think that until Jalen Hurts shows me he's capable of winning big-time games late in games, like I know he beat the Saints last year, and I get that they're a good team, but they had Taysom Hill. I mean, it's still a quality win. Their defense was their defense is great, but when you're facing Taysom Hill and not Drew Brees, it makes things a little bit easier, in my opinion. But you know, I I have to see it first before I believe it. If that if if that makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I I know the sample size is small for Jalen, uh, but. I, even in that small sample size, he, he played great. I, I My favorite game that he played was, even though it was a loss, it was the Cardinals game. Just how he battled um, time and time again. Wasn't afraid of the moment. Uh, had him down to, I believe, the 32-yard line. Chucked up a Hail Mary. Uh, didn't complete it. But um, a, a lot went wrong in that game, particularly in the secondary where DeAndre Hopkins was just torching torching uh, a secondary uh, without Darius Slay. And, and even then, he was able to battle through and, and bring him back in that game because I believe the Eagles were down 16 nothing uh, to start that game. Uh, point being that I saw a lot of good and very little bad. Maybe that's that's maybe that's me being biased as an Eagles fan, but that's my opinion on, on Jalen Hurts. And um, to your point on what's their ceiling and what's their basement, I believe their ceiling, and this may sound like a stretch, but I believe that they're capable of winning 11 games based on the schedule. If I think they can put the pieces together and put 11, 11 wins together. I believe if if things go wrong and you know guys get injured or you know the team's not clicking, I believe they'll finish with five wins as as their basement. You see, my brother is an Eagles fan, so I hear this stuff all the time. And he, too, believes that they can make the playoffs as their ceiling. He thinks that they can make the playoffs, right? And I, I don't want to make it sound like it's a joke, but I just don't see it, man. I don't, like... Listen, I don't pay attention. Name me some of their key acquisitions in free agency this past season. Other than I'm not counting Devontae Smith because it's a draft, but you know any any big free agent players that they added that I'm just I don't know about. Like Anthony Harris, I know, but is that pretty much it? Essentially, uh, well, you know, added Ryan Kerrigan, who is out of his prime. The issue was with the with the past off season was the tight salary cap situation with the trading of Carson Wentz. Right. The amount of dead cap that went into trading him um, because of all the accelerated bonuses that they had to pay him as soon as they traded him, uh, along with other big contracts that came off the book as soon as they cut them, such as Alshon Jeffrey, Malik Jackson. It was just so much money that is not being devoted towards current players, um, which sucks. Um but it, it is what it is, and, you know, good teams don't rely on the free agent market. They rely on drafting right. and, and molding young players so they don't have to go crazy in free agency and spend all this money on players and give out big contracts who, you know, if a freak accident happens or a freak injury happens, they're not shelling out money for guys who aren't paying for their team. Right. Um 
So, you know, that was the big issue with, with the Eagles this season and how they were going to fix their salary cap situation because before free agency even started, they were down $80 million, uh, above the the salary cap. So at one point, the, the, the reality of them signing even one player was pretty bleak. Um, so even to get Anthony Harris out of that was pretty remarkable. Um most of our acquisitions have been through through the draft, and, and that's not a bad thing because I believe the players that we got through the draft were phenomenal. Right. But the thing with that is I, I too, agree that these players that you drafted, they might be good, but I don't think they'll be good in their first year. Um, you know, the only one being maybe Devontae Smith and the rest, it might take them a year or two to really get it on, like, you know, get everything figured out, especially I don't know if you guys drafted any, like, secondary players later in the draft, but that takes a while for them to figure out NFL offensive systems. It's very different than than college. So when you look at it that way, as a Giants fan, not saying that they did a bad job in free agency and, and drafting, it's just that it's not the moment in time. I think what we're looking at is you're looking at a roster and you're grading it off potential, and you're saying, right. you know, they have, a, they have a really good chance. I think these guys will be very good. Which may be true, but I think it'll take a couple years for that to be a reality. I think right now you're in the the first couple steps of the rebuild, where you're where you're surrounding Jalen Hurts with new young players. You still have Fletcher Cox on defense. You added Anthony Harris and Ryan Kerrigan, even though Kerrigan's kind of out of the prime. He's still a depth piece. You put him over there on the defensive side, and you know it's not going to be the, the the best football team on the field, but they're gonna they're gonna compete for games and. That's why I think that that 11-win season that Jalen Hurts could potentially lead them to won't be for maybe a couple a couple years, maybe like one or two. Now, they do have one of the easier schedules in the league, so they definitely could win more games than I think solely because of that. Like, they could win seven games and, you know, shock some people. Seven mm-hmm. and ten would be pretty good for that team, in my opinion, and it would have to do—it might be a big part of it because of the easier schedule, but I just don't see it this year. And once again, Jalen Hurts, it's not even hate. It's just there's not enough of a sample size for me to say. I, I firmly believe that this is the guy. He's going to go out there and he's going to throw four touchdowns, three touchdowns a game. I haven't seen enough to firmly say that. and Which also means I haven't seen enough to say that he's garbage. right? It, it, go, it works on both ends of the spectrum. So I like to clown around and say he's garbage because my brother's an Eagles fan. It's just it's fun banter. But the reality right. is I haven't seen enough of him to firmly say he's not the guy. I mean, look at Daniel Jones on my on my, on yes. my freaking team. He's in his third yeah. year, and he's had pretty bad seasons. Uh, the first year wasn't terrible, besides the, the fumbles, which was really bad. But his, really his touchdown-to-interception ratio was like 2-1, to one, which isn't bad for a rookie. And then the second year was a drop-off for him, had some injuries. And so now going into his third year, which everyone views as like the, the make-or-break year for make him. Make-or-break, yep. So, you know. I mean, and, and we've seen guys make it, you know, after right. not necessarily being elite the first two years. I mean, Josh Allen is a great example in Buffalo this last season. But I think, you know, positives with Daniel Jones is he is he has run the ball well. He's had multiple, you know, all those 40-yard runs. I think he had 420, like 400-plus rushing yards last season. So he's been running it well. The thing is, like you said, like by the eye test, he – if you watch him play, it hasn't been terrible per se, but then you look at the numbers and it's just, it's, it's been really bad overall. So this is definitely the make or break year, I think. I mean, not definitely, but 
I think if he has a bad year, maybe the Giants move on, you know, look to either trade Hammer or draft another quarterback if he kind of just drops off a lot even more. But I still am, I think he has potential. So, I mean, I'm not going to write a QB off after two years. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. He, he was drafted in 05 and didn't even start, you know, he wasn't even a starter until 08 because they still had Favre. So, like, things, the weird things can happen, right? Like, I'm not going to write a quarterback off after two years. And, you know, like, you, you know, you guys are talking a lot about the Eagles. I think what's great is, not what's great, I mean, this is obvious, but with the NFL, you know, the sample size of games is so small. It's normally 16, now we have the 17-game season. So you can have a bad team, you know, a, a team that really shouldn't be that good on paper, and you even look at the talent, and they're really not that good. They could just kind of come together, you know, be great as a unit, maybe, you know, go 9-7, and 10-6, or I guess with this new format, you know, 11-6 and six or 10-7, and seven, and kind of... And, you know, this is a separate point. That 17-game schedule is going to be so weird because I think of everything. And I, I've been talking about this with, like, my dad and with other people about how, like, when you think of, like, gauging a team season, you think, oh, 8-8, eight eight, okay, 9-7, and seven, okay. Like, it's not going to be like that anymore with the 17-game year season. Right. It's, gonna be, it's just going to be so weird. The NFL has had a 16-game season since 1978. Before that, it was 14 games. So it's been over 40 years. It's been like four-plus decades since the NFL has changed the number of games in a season. So that's going to be weird. But that's just a side point. My main point is that the NFL has not that many games, so a bad team can kind of come together and seek it to the playoffs or maybe even win the division. Like, it's not unheard of. It, it happens every year, really. So with the Eagles, i not saying they're a bad team, but also I, the NFC East, you never know. We've just had different teams winning it every year. No repeat winners, right, since a long time ago. What is it, like 0203 when the Eagles went back to back or something like that? Like it, It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. So it's up for grabs. I mean, we don't know how Daniel Jones is going to develop. We don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to be at full health. Like I definitely hope he is, but we'll see. So the Giants are a question mark. The Eagles are a question mark, as you guys have already discussed extensively. We don't know... You know, even Washington or Dallas, like, I think, and it's literally been like this for so long, but there's no clear winner, no clear team, I think, that's dominant in the NFC East. We talked about the Eagles' offseason moves and, you know, their their predictions of this season. Let's talk about the Giants, Doug. You know, they, they finished 6-10 and 10 last year. Saquon right. Barkley went down early in, in the second game against the Bears, was out for the year with the ACL tear. Daniel Jones played uh, pretty, I don't know, below meh. average, pretty meh. meh. Below average, yes. Um, for pretty much the whole season. Uh, there were a few bright spots in there. He goes down with a couple injuries. Uh, they force him. They don't force him, but he comes back not 100%, plays meh again. You had those couple weeks where we beat the Seahawks in Seattle. We thought there was a glimpse of hope for playoff for a playoff run. Uh, let's not forget the Evan Engram drop against the Eagles, which uh, one of the many Evan Engram drops, which I was not very uh, happy about. As I said, a I have pro a pro bowler. I, as Evan I, Engram, yeah, which, that, that, which still is, that is yeah. the biggest Mickey Mouse Pro Bowl I've ever seen. He is terrible. He can't catch the ball. I don't know how the heck he made the Pro Bowl. But anyway, I already said my brother's an Eagles fan. Sean, you can imagine after that drop what must have been going on at my house because I was beyond pissed. <laughs> Um, but 
it pretty much cost our season. And 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 and, and Giants fans can stay salty about the whole last week of the of the year where the where the, the Eagles pretty much gave up. You could blame it on that, but we had six wins. We didn't deserve to be in there in the first place. And if right. Evan Engram had caught the ball in Philadelphia, we wouldn't have had to worry about the outcome. So, mm-hmm. a lot of things with that. Giants fans just just want to be pissed off. It's fine. I'm not pissed at all. I'm happy because we got the better draft pick. We ended up trading the draft pick and moving back to 20. We got a first round pick for next year. We got the Bears first round pick, I, which I, very good, very good. I'm just happy. But yeah, go on. Yeah, it, it was a great move by Gettleman. He is he has never traded back before. That was the first time he's traded back as a GM in the league, um, and he got a pretty sweet deal for it. Let's not forget. And Doug, you mentioned, you know. It's the make-or-break season for Daniel Jones. Well, the bright side of that is if he's not good enough and they want to move on from him, I've looked at the Bears' schedule a while ago, and it looks pretty difficult. I think I had them winning maybe five or six wins at most because, don't forget, they have Andy Dalton, who's pretty crappy, and then they have Justin Fields, who will come in probably midseason as a rookie. And who knows, maybe he'll play better than I anticipate, but I always anticipate rookies to not play too great, uh, with the exception of maybe Trevor Lawrence. I expect them to struggle early on. And if they finish with like six wins, that's a top 10 pick for the Giants next year on top of what they finish with as well. So if they finish bad, like if Daniel Jones does terrible and we have a top 10 pick of our own because we stink and then we have another top 10 pick from the Bears, we could potentially get our new quarterback and you know a new defensive piece or whatever the case may be in next year's draft. I hope it doesn't come to that because I hope Daniel Jones plays very well so then we can use those two draft picks to maybe draft another O-lineman or draft another uh, defensive piece, defensive lineman, so we don't have to draft yet another quarterback uh, in you know th- in a three-, three four-year span. So that is the bright side for the Giants. They have that extra first-round pick next year. I also think they gained um, another third rounder next year or maybe a second rounder next year for moving back in the second round and still getting Aziz Ojolari, which is the guy that they wanted at 42 and they still got him at 50 so they got an extra pick there good job by Gettleman um drafted Kadarius Tony at 20 a lot of a, a lot of mixed opinions about that pick um I personally after a couple months of you know sitting with that decision I I dig it I think we needed some kind Same. of I think I think we needed some kind of uniqueness to our offensive playbook because Jason Garrett is a very run-heavy guy, and he doesn't really have that much creativity to his playbook. I think adding a guy like that adds, you know, some some you know some spiciness to that playbook, right? Yeah, I, I I'm okay with the Tony pick. I I'm happy they traded back. I mean, I was I originally thought, oh, we're gonna draft you know the Heisman winner Devontae Smith, but then of course the Eagles traded up, and you know the rest. The rest is history, as you mentioned, with Gettleman trading back for the first time. So I'm fine with um, with drafting wide receiver round one. I mean, we got a lot of weapons now at wide receiver too, with Galladay and everyone else. It's 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 a lot of weapons for Daniel Jones. So if he's gonna develop and you know make this the make year, not a break year, in year three, there's a lot of weapons there. Um, you know, I. I'm interested to see what happens with the offensive line and how they play, along with every other, uh, you know, group on the field. But I, I'm, I'm okay with the Tony pick, though. I think you know, Kadarius Tony. I, I don't know what to. I mean, it, it, it's tough to predict how rookies are going to develop, 
obviously. I mean, no one saw Justin Jefferson being the best wide receiver in, in last year's class, and then he went out and got 1,400 yards and, you know, seven or however many touchdowns he had. So, I mean, I'm not expecting Tony to do that, but I'm just hoping to see, you know, what he does. I don't think he'll be bad, and, and we'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to be bad either, but I, I think that it was a reach, and I think you guys may be in agreement with that just because of the other talent that was on the board. Right. Um, but right. but I, I give I give Gettleman and the Giants props for the return that they got from the Bears uh, by trading down um, with, the, with the first round pick next year. Um, with that being said, uh, Tony is not a bad player by any means. He's an explosive, fast player. He's going to be electric. Um, and now you add him into a rotation that's going to feature Kenny Galladay as your probable number one receiver. He to- better be making yeah. twenty million a year. He better be the number one guy. <laughs> Tony and Darius Slayton, um, and I believe Sterling Shepard as well, who you know ha- has had his injury problems, but he's a very good, very good and talented receiver. Um, I believe that there's no excuse for Daniel Jones to not succeed this season. Absolutely, um, no excuses. The pieces are all there. Uh, maybe not so much the offensive line. Oh no. Um, I know, you know, Andrew Thomas struggled in the past season, didn't live up to his, I believe, what was it, fourth overall yeah, pick? Yeah, four. Um, yeah, it, it, he he has all the pieces to make it work, except for, you know, the trenches. It, it's put up a shut-up time for him, and if he can't, if he can't uh, create a good offense for the Giants this year, it's time to look... Uh, elsewhere yeah. for, for for an arm. 100%. It's the make-or-break year, and that's why the Giants went all-in. If you look at their offseason, they signed Kenny Galladay to like a five-year, or maybe it was four, but they, they're they giving him $70 million. They just they signed a Dory Jackson to a big contract as well to fill in that cornerback two position, which is which was a big need for our team. That was really our only like big hole on defense last year. Now we fixed that. They also drafted Kadarius Tony, right? And, and they they've they've pieced together this team. You're getting Barkley back. They've given him the weapons offensively to do his job. The only thing I worry about is how the offensive line plays because that's a big factor in this. If they, well, first of all, they were ranked 31st last year in offensive line, um, which is terrible, and they did not draft one offensive lineman in the draft this year. They went with a wide receiver, which many would view, even if it was a reach pick, many would view that a receiver wasn't a necessity either. Then in the second round, they picked an edge, and then I think they picked a cornerback, another edge, another cornerback, and and so on. Point of the point of the story is they didn't draft an O-lineman, which many viewed was their biggest need, possibly next to receiver. And they didn't address that. They signed some undrafted free agents after the draft at low line, but they didn't address that in the draft. And they had a chance to get Christian Darasaw, um, who wasn't picked until 23rd. The only thing there is Christian Darasaw is a tackle, um, and we had we have Andrew Thomas already, and we drafted a third-round tackle last year. The thing that I see with this, Sean and Doug, is that the, the Giants are banking on they're banking on their offensive line 
to to form some kind of continuity and some kind of um I don't know, like togetherness, some some chemistry. I think I saw something the other like months ago where some of the best offensive lines have been, you know, they've been on the team for a, a, together for a long time. They have chemistry and stuff like that. They're, if you keep bringing in new guys, bringing in new guys and, and moving people around, it's hard to adjust. I think what they're trying to do is they're putting trust in their players and they're saying, hey, go out there. We're going to put you guys at the same lineup and we're going to hopefully you guys get some chemistry and you guys play better. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I think that's the mindset. Um, and the point I'm trying to make is the only thing I worry about is that if Daniel Jones plays poorly and it's because of the offensive line, then I don't know if they will move on from Daniel Jones. Maybe they'll just give him, maybe they'll just they'll use the fifth year on the deal and not give him an extension. Because if it's it's if it's because of the offensive line and he's sacked 80 times again, obviously you can't blame him for winning five games. If the line protects him pretty well this year, at least I would say if the line is average or maybe just a little bit below average and not like bottom of the league, then this team could be pretty good. But if the if the O line is bottom of the league again like it was last year, then I don't really see any improvement with this team offensively. I mean, Saquon Barkley's been getting hurt. Not adjust, not addressing the offensive line won't help that. Daniel Jones getting sacked 80 times a year and getting hurt won't help that either. And yeah, Kenny Galladay and and Kadarius Tony, they're nice flashy new toys, right? What's good to have a toy like that that you can't throw to because the offensive line can't protect? The wide receiver can't throw and catch the ball. So I think for the Giants, it comes down to the offensive line play. That is the one uncertainty on this team. I believe in the defense. They bolstered up the secondary. I believe in Daniel. I believe if Daniel Jones can get some protection, I think he'll be better this year for sure. I think Saquon Barkley will have a bounce back year. I think Kenny Galladay will have a great outbreak uh, debut with the Giants this year. But if the O-line stinks then it all, the cookie just crumbles. And it'll be one step forward, two steps back with this team because next year they're, they're going to have to assess what they're going to do with Daniel Jones, who they're going to draft in the draft for like an old lineman and all that stuff. So it's going to be a whole mess of an offseason for the Giants if they can't figure things out this year. Definitely agree, Dylan. I think you capped that off well. I think that's a good way to cap off the show. But yeah, just looking forward to the NFL season starting soon. All right, that'll do it for tonight's edition of The Crew. Hope you guys enjoyed. 